If you compare beer with bratwurst, and cheese with wine, or even whiskey, with donuts, then we think you can pair all of these delicious drinks with murder, conspiracies, missing persons, and more. Drink with us as you feed your craving for true crime and creepy stories. And we're back. We are back. Yes, for another episode of Perfectly Paired With. Perfectly Paired With, episode, I don't know, what is this, six? Well, maybe? including extensions, I think this will be eight. Eight? Yeah. Yeah, we got eight of them out there. Pretty amazing. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. I uh, am excited for this one because it's one I've heard about from on the news and uh, but didn't pay attention to it a whole lot. And uh, it's actually kind of a current event right now, too. Yes, so. this episode is definitely last minute as a response to something that happened earlier this week here in the state of Colorado that's yeah. relevant to the world of true crime. Yeah, super exciting. It's like we're, uh, I don't know. Not detectives, but... We're chronicling. We're chronicling, Mm -hmm. yes. Events as they unfold. I love it. Hey, maybe we'll have more later, too. Update episodes, right? Update episodes. As things are revealed. I don't know. I thought I knew about this story. Like, I swear, like, I watched it on Dateline, Mm. maybe. And then I looked into it because you mentioned it earlier. Like, hey, did you see? Yeah. Um, dang. A lot, huh? It's a lot. It's also just like, how the heck? Like, I asked myself that multiple times. Like, how the heck? <laughs> dang. All how right. How the heck I like is the that. motto for this episode? Because I just can't even. Yeah. Because I do remember when it happened. Yeah, I do too. Um. I mean, it, it, we watch the news kind of almost every morning for the weather. Because we're old. Because we're old. But uh, I do remember it being on there. And I don't know. As a suggestion for us to cover, I kind of thought it might not have enough, uh, I don't know, fun details. I don't know if they're fun, but they're definitely details where you're just like, can this actually be a true story? And it 100% is. And then... You create all these caricatures of investigators that are just like not awesome, and so, the story just turns into something amazing. So, well, I—that's what I mean by fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't the only one who asked about it. I got a text the day that this individual's remains were found from one of our listeners, Bailey. Thank you for listening. And she was like, "Did you see?" I was like, "Of course, Bailey. I saw." <laughs> um, but well, that's sh- cool. She mentioned thinking this case was pretty crazy. Interesting. So for anybody who doesn't know it, get ready for some crazy. Cool. Well, let's um, start with what we always do and what we're pairing this story with. Yes. Um, What do you pair with a story from Salida, Colorado? Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of people have even heard of Salida, Colorado. Um, For those that don't know, it's, I'd say, kind of on the... Colorado Springs side, um, but more in the mountains from there. And um, I believe South Park is really close to there. If, uh, if any, you know, if 
kind of know where that is. Most people probably have no idea where that is. Most people probably actual, don't know that it's an actual The real town. city, South Park, which, yes, the show is, is based, based off of. A teeny um, tiny city, not even city, a little town in Colorado. Yeah. And Salida is not too far from there. I, I hope I'm right on that. I'm not going to check, though. Um, <laughs> why do we have to? <laughs> why do we? Who needs facts? Yeah, seriously. Just make anything up you want. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I've, I went and found some breweries around there. And, of course, I had to find something that I could find here because I'm not going to travel down there. And um, No impromptu trip to Salida this no, Saturday no. evening? No. That's got to be like a two and a half hour drive from here. Uh, yeah, that would be miserable. I'm, I did find one though. Ooh, what's um, it I, called? I'm very uh, excited to try it. I've heard of this company before. It's uh, Elevation Beer Company. Uh, that's the brewery. And um, what we're going to drink tonight, we have two different ones. We have, uh, an, it's called Eight Second. And it's got a the bowl. cowboy on the bowl. So, um, you know, bull riders, the goal is to stay on uh, past eight seconds or two eight seconds, something like that. Yeah. You need to ride eight seconds. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> Otherwise, it doesn't count. Yeah. I know that because of the movie, Eight Seconds. That's such a good movie. Day. Yeah. Um, Kolsch is this type of beer, um, which is just to give you an idea of what that is. This is from their website. Uh, this beer has high carbonation, which brings forward notes from our Kolsch yeast, giving it the crisp finish of a lager with the light fruit note of an ale. This mm. is our authentic interpretation of the Kolsch beers of Cologne. Cologne. Where's that? Uh, Germany. That's what I was going to guess. <laughs> Dang, I should have just been brave. You should have. That's all, all right. right. Good job. I'm willing to try eight seconds. Oh, eight cool. second. And, uh, Singular. Gotta reach over, grab these. There's a second beer. We're gonna do your favorite type, an IPA. <laughs> this one's called First Cast. Um, IPAs just do things to my mouth that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, Not a fan. It's a it's just like I'm gonna all beer. try it's, it. It's an acquired you Try taste. everything once. It's. I don't think this one's gonna be like crazy hoppy um right. the pairings I'll, this is all i have on it because i didn't pull up its beer well, i guess i will yeah. well let's try the first one first so we don't confuse well i know i figured you know we start with one and um as we're going we can move into the second move into the second one. got it you know so we're not I'm double fisting saying? beers yeah right off the bat yeah we've learned our lesson on getting a little too too crunk on here. The problem um, is, is these stories to, just go on and on. You know, well, <laughs> and on. They seem like they do because <laughs> we make them. <laughs> uh, so the IPA is. Oh, it's called First Cast. Yeah, just like, it's got a fisherman on it. Um, yeah, this is everyday brew for the craft beer aficionado, Not made me. to refresh your palate after a fantastic day. Uh, pours a brilliant gold with white head, notes of grapefruit and pine. I love. There you go for some white head. <laughs> um, I also, I, you know, really enjoy <laughs> drinking something that reminds me of a tree. <laughs> That's <laughs> pine. <laughs> Oofed. 
but yeah, here. Okay, let's start with a Kolsch. Kolsch first. ASMR. <laughs> mm. Tasty. <laughs> Can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like a a bold lager. Uh, it is. A it's, little weedy, too. Yes, I agree with everything you're saying. It it has a very, like, simplified taste, but it's it's big and bold, but simplified. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing super distinctive that you'd be like, no, oh, that's unpleasant. Yeah. It's all pleasant, but it's, like, powerful in how pleasant it is. Yeah, it's got a lot of flavor to it. And if they want to use that as a slogan, they can have it. <laughs> we'll we'll hashtag them. Maybe they'll look at us drinking these on the mm. podcast on our Instagram. All right, Salida, you have something to offer. Look at that. Yeah, oh, they did did a good job. I think technically, I don't I don't know if they're technically in Salida, but there there's mm. a couple cities right there. It's uh, Poncha Springs, Colorado. But I think Poncha Springs and Slido are right next to each other. Okay, well, look what they do on their cans. They give you what you should pair it with. Yeah. And according to them, this would be paired lovely with lemon pepper shrimp, Rocky Mountain oysters, and schnitzel. schnitzel. And for those of you who don't know what Rocky Mountain oysters are, just order it the next time you find yourself in Salida, Colorado. Don't ask. Just order and eat. Yeah. I highly suggest it. I d- yes. I've never had them. Because oh, I, I know have, what they are. I have had them. No, yeah. I uh, yes. How how were they? They're tasty. Okay. A little bit chewy. Get them fried. Dip them in some sauce. Pop them right in your mouth. <laughs> Not bad. You're on a roll. All I right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, enough about um, oysters. Okay. That grow in the Rocky Mountains. Um, why don't we talk about this story that took place in the Rocky Mountains. Okay. So a beer connected to Salida, Colorado is perfectly paired with a um, currently evolving true crime story straight from Salida, Colorado. So located southwest of Denver, Salida, Colorado sits tucked in the midst of three different mountain ranges, the Sangre de Cristo Range, the Mosquito Range, and the Sawatch Range. Mm. It was here in the shelter of these giants that 49-year-old mother of two, Suzanne Morphew, would disappear on Mother's Day 2020. Suzanne's story is one filled with mystery and intrigue, and until September 22nd of this year, Suzanne was technically a missing person. However, on that warm September day in... Sagawachi County, while working on an unrelated case, investigators would stumble upon the remains of a woman buried in a shallow grave in a remote field full of sagebrush and grasses. These remains were identified as Susan Morphew. So it was after three years, countless searches, and the arrest and subsequent release of her husband, Suzanne Morphew's body was discovered. 40 miles south of where she disappeared. But as of yet, the discovery of her remains has not brought any answers to the case. A case that at first seemed quite straightforward. 
But just like the roads, Suzanne may or may not have ridden while on her bike the morning she disappeared. This case has proven to be nothing but twists and turns. Hmm. Suzanne and her husband, Barry, were both raised in Alexandria, Indiana. Suzanne met Barry while attending high school, but the two did not begin dating until after Barry had graduated. They married each other in 1994. Suzanne became a teacher, and Barry was actually at one point in time drafted to the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, wow. However, at the time of Suzanne's disappearance, Barry was in landscaping. (laughs) Clearly, baseball didn't work out for him. Yeah, that's a far drop. Yeah. (laughs) The couple would have two daughters, Mallory and Macy. In 2018, the couple moved to Colorado to be closer to Mallory, who is attending college out here. The couple hoped that the fresh mountain air would actually be good for Suzanne, who was battling cancer at that time. Also, as an added bonus, Colorado offered the couple a fresh start to repair what many deem to be a troubled marriage. The Morphews would purchase a gorgeous million-dollar home just outside of Salida, Colorado. Wow. There, Susan would take advantage of the mountain landscape to pick up mountain biking, and according to many who knew her best, she would ride every day as long as the weather permitted. The morning. They must have had a pretty successful landscape business there. Oh, their home is gorge. Yeah. I don't think she worked either. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't think real estate in Slida at that time was booming or anything. So a million dollar house, I mean, probably went pretty far there. When it was sold 10 months after she went missing, it went for 1.6. Oh, okay. Dang. And they're both ridiculously attractive, living in this beautiful town in a gorgeous home. Yeah. Everything are. seemed to be like going all right for the Morpheus. Yeah, I've got some pictures pulled up here, and they are very good looking people. And um, fit. Fit. Muscular. Seem to be living a good life. Mm hmm. Wow. The morning of Mother's Day, 2020, Barry woke up early to drive 150 miles to Broomfield, Colorado for work. He said that he left Susan still sleeping. Both daughters, Mallory and Macy, were headed home from a camping trip so that they could spend time with Susan and celebrate Mother's Day. As they drove, like good daughters should, they sent Happy Mother's Day text messages to Suzanne and were somewhat surprised when they never received a response. Barry also sent a text wishing Suzanne Happy Mother's Day, and his text, too, went unanswered. At some point that morning, Barry also attempted to call his wife, again, with no answer as a result. Once Mallory let Barry know that the text for Suzanne had never received a response, Barry, concerned for his wife's well-being, called a neighbor and asked the neighbor to check if Suzanne was home. He specifically asked the neighbor to check to see if Suzanne's bike was at the house, if Suzanne couldn't be located. When the neighbor reported that they found no signs of Suzanne, Barry asked the neighbor to call the police. Now Barry, instead of heading home right away, he stops to drop off a shovel and some other tools for a coworker at a hotel where he had booked rooms for himself and his colleagues. 
Then, just after 6 p.m., Barry started the long journey home. Before Barry could make it home, an officer who responded to the neighbor's call actually found Suzanne's bike resting on the side of a deep ravine off of Chafee County Road 225, not far at all from the couple's home. You said resting on its side? It literally looked like it had been thrown down and fell and landed, like caught on whatever weeds were growing. Wow. Okay. There was no clothing left behind. There was no blood or any evidence of a struggle in the area where the bike was found. Officers would also report that it did not appear that the bike had been involved in any sort of crash. Hmm. Now, we have body camera footage recording of the moment when Barry, Suzanne's husband, arrives and speaks to officers for the first time. I'm going to play it for you. It's a little bit difficult to hear, but you can hear at some point Barry asking, where is the bike? Was it involved in a crash? And then also asking if perhaps a mountain lion could have gotten to his wife. Hmm. A mountain lion. Yeah, I guess there's, I mean, they are in the mountains, so. We literally just did (laughs) back-to-back episodes about how apparently these mountain lions are strategic killers and (laughs) can make a child disappear without leaving anything behind. I think we should worry about mountain lions a little more when we go to the mountains than we do. Um, Okay. Where's the plane? Oh, it's right there. From Lessons. It was like just right down here in this little bank. So that way we can start trying. And I walked up this 
I, like I said, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Nothing looked like. Why did she say that she could climb up the hill? But that's the thing. When we came here, still it was daylight, right? So she was right here, and somebody would have easily, you know what I mean? Just because it was like literally like right now. It was this. I mean, if we saw it coming in, somebody would have definitely seen it too, you know? Interesting. Well, um, he definitely seems distraught. Definitely like, distraught. This Frazzled. Is, yeah. This is, uh, he's very worried, it looks like. Um, yeah. And you told me um, uh, off recording that it's interesting to you to see how a spouse reacts. Well, mm-hmm. it, more in particular, husbands react to a wife going missing. Um, I yeah, obviously there's no like perfect way that you have to be or anything, mm-hmm. but I would say he is the way um, a, a husband that isn't a, a, a part of it would be. Uh, that's what my assumption would be if I was a cop. It, it seemed like that was a cop's read too. Yeah. At least off of that interaction. Yeah. That he seemed, Barry seemed genuine in his alarm and his concern and his questions. Mm-hmm. So then on May 11th, the day after Suzanne was reported missing, a $100,000 reward was offered for information about her disappearance. And more than 100 people joined the search for Suzanne. Now, during the course of their search, investigators discovered that Suzanne's last proof of life was a selfie that she took on May 9th, 2020. This selfie was sent to a man named Jeff Libler the same day it was taken. Also early on, investigators would find that despite allegedly heading out for a bike ride that Mother's Day, Suzanne's sunglasses and hydration packs two items she usually would have taken with her for a mountain ride were left behind in her vehicle. This interesting tidbit planted a seed in the mind of police that perhaps the bike found on the side of the road down that embankment was actually a staged item and not the result of Suzanne herself riding at all that morning. So she took her car? Um... Nope. So her car was... As far as I have pieced together, it was left in the garage. And then she headed out on her bike, allegedly. But had she actually done that, the police determined that she probably would have taken her sunglasses and her hydration packs. And both of those items were left in her vehicle. Interesting. But where the bike was found, it was as though she got on it in front of her home and started riding. Right. Because it was just off the road. A road in front of her home. On May 13th, while state and federal investigators continued looking for clues in the disappearance, they would locate Suzanne's undamaged bike helmet found near a road just off of Route 50. So again, it was as if, like, if you had just continued driving past where the bike was found, further down that road, the helmet was found. So not far from the bike, and the bike was not far from Suzanne's home. Probably leading investigators to more thinking it's all staged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
On May 15th, Suzanne's nephew, Trevor, I don't know if it's Noel or Noel, (laughs) spoke to Nine News Denver and stated that in the effort to find Suzanne, towns and remote areas were all being searched. According to Trevor, these searches include tracking dogs and drones. As with any missing person, the spouse of the individual who went missing obviously needed some attention. At first, one of the team's priorities was to verify Barry's alibi. And indeed, Barry was in Broomfield, Colorado that afternoon. Okay, so we have Barry in Broomfield. She took a selfie at some point. The day before. Oh, it was the day before. That was the last time they could confirm that Suzanne was alive was the day before. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yes, but according to Barry, he left. Susan was sleeping, and they could confirm that he drove the 150 miles to Broomfield. I just I know where part of this is going. I'm trying not to like say (laughs) (laughs) my reactions here. Despite verifying that Barry, in fact, was over a hundred more than a hundred miles away when Suzanne presumably set out for her bike ride, his behavior while away was somewhat concerning. You see, investigators located video footage of Barry visiting multiple large trash receptacles, like the ones you would rent, like if you were cleaning out a house or something, like the giant ones. And at each one, he was seen throwing away large, filled garbage bags. Okay. Then, 10 days after Suzanne was reported missing, investigators would find something rather suspicious in the couple's master bedroom walk-in closet. Investigators would describe what they found as a voice-activated spy pen. Huh. It was determined that Suzanne herself purchased the pen, placed it in Barry's truck prior to Barry taking a trip to Pueblo, because Suzanne was suspicious that Barry was having an affair yeah. and thought that the pen might produce evidence of such. While the pen never recorded Barry saying anything suggestive of an affair, and might I add, no evidence of an affair ever surfaced, okay. it did record something interesting. As Barry made his drive to Pueblo, Colorado, he listened to several episodes of a Forensic Files podcast, including one about a woman named Vicki Lynn Hoskinson, who went missing after riding her bike in Tucson, Arizona in 1984. In addition to learning that Barry had listened to a podcast about a woman who went missing in an eerily similar way to his wife, investigators heard conversations on the spy pen had by Suzanne herself. See, this pen she purchased to catch her husband in an affair inadvertently captured Suzanne's own affair (laughs) with a married father of six, Jeff Libler, the same man she sent the selfie to, who was at that time living in Michigan. Oh, wow. So clearly their marriage was not benefiting from the fresh start. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that being on the news that um, she, I don't know, one of their most recent 
talks where like she wanted to leave them or something mm-hmm. the text i'm sure you're gonna mention that but yes <laughs> we're working towards that i figured i throw it in there early and if barry did not realize that maybe he was the target of the investigation on may 22nd the fbi searched a construction site in salida colorado where barry had work connections so it seemed that with each item investigators uncovered surrounding the disappearance of suzanne each piece seemed to point to one suspect barry morphew and after suzanne's lover from michigan had his alibi verified and he was cleared of suspicion, Barry remained alone, standing in the sight of investigators. So they're suspicious because um, they can't confirm that she was actually there the morning he left. Correct. And he's throwing bags away. which Multiple large trash bags. And he said he just didn't want to pay to dispose exactly. of them at a landfill. Yeah, I was going to say. And I know somebody who would do that exact same thing with yeah. me sitting in the car going, stop it. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Don't do this. It's, just pay for it. Let's just say I totally understand um, But can that we mentality. say <laughs> if that is what he was doing, the timing he could not have picked a worse time to well, try to like save a few bucks. Exactly. Well, if he did something to his wife, why would he be doing something like that? You know, because like, he's bet, disposing of evidence of his crimes. Yeah, I know. but that's what they're thinking. Um, he didn't pick that time, obviously. Well, I guess it's not obvious, but his wife is just missing, and he, like a, a fool, is yeah. throwing away massive trash yeah. bags. Yeah. Um, Cops are zooming in on the footage Being like that looks like an elbow (laughs) And I don't know If he's listening to true crime podcasts You'd have to assume The dude would be a little smart I I don't don't know I guess there's It's suspicious a little bit Or he was listening to the true crime podcast Finding inspiration He's like come on one of these stories Has to work for me Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Now I found it (laughs) (laughs) My wife rides a bike. This should work. Yeah. And I live in the mountains. This is perfect. And then I'll ask the cops, do you think a mountain lion got her? (laughs) I hear they they hunt and kill in the mountains all the time. The way he said it, though, it sounded like a legit question. And and the cop didn't seem like stunned by it. Huh? Mountain lions? Why would you even go there? I agree. Yeah. Now, for investigators, a suspect needs to have three things to be considered viable. Means, motive, and opportunity. According to the MMO framework, these three items are interdependent and interacting domains. So, as the months passed and no signs of Suzanne surfaced, investigators began compiling their case against Barry. Let's start with motive, which refers to whether or not an individual, a suspect, would want to perform the crime. So on May 9th alone, the day before Suzanne went missing, she and Jeff, her lover, which is how the sources called it, and I just like cringed every time. Yeah, I don't like that word. I'm going to say it <laughs> multiple times. Oh, great. Exchanged 59 text messages. It would be determined that Suzanne and Jeff had actually met up on at least six different occasions in places like Texas, Indiana, and Florida. And while things seemed only to be heating up between Suzanne and her married lover, her relationship with Barry was quickly approaching its end. 
in a text she sent to Barry just days before her disappearance, Suzanne wrote, and I quote, I'm done. I could care less what you're up to and have been for years. We just need to figure this out civilly, end quote. And to a friend, Suzanne sent the following messages, quote, I feel no peace when he's here, end quote. Quote, I would not feel safe alone with him, end quote. And, quote, he won't speak of divorce, end quote. Suggesting that Barry, the he in all of those messages, was unwilling to let Suzanne go, and this refusal was making Suzanne uneasy and scared as to what Barry might wind up doing. Huh. So I don't know. Do you think he has a motive? Yeah. I don't know. That's based off of her. And Having an affair. <laughs> exactly. Like her guilt of that, she's projecting on him. And he's probably just busy with work. And they probably have a rocky marriage anyway. So most men end up uh, distracting themselves by doing a ton of work. Well, despite saying that he had no idea oh, and that she was, was having say, an affair, let's be according fair. to the police, they considered Barry's motive checked off their list. But they always look at the husband first. That's always who, you know, husband, boyfriend, it's always the, the first one. And you got to be like rock solid aisle by. <laughs> so Jason is not convinced of the motive. Let's talk means. Now, means refers to whether or not the individual, the suspect, would be capable of performing the crime. For this, we need to get to know Barry just a little bit better. Now, Barry was an avid hunter who at times would use a tranquilizer gun to illegally sedate deer that came into his yard in order to remove and sell their antlers. Oh, that's messed up. This episode of the Perfectly Paired With podcast is brought to you by Jason Owen of The Impact Group. You'll be hard-pressed to find a better real estate agent than Jason Owen. If you live in the Denver metro area, be sure to contact him and ask him about the special savings you could receive as a first responder or a teacher. He is out there trying to help those that help us. Contact Jason Owen at the link in the description of this podcast and ask about those savings. That's Jason Owen of the Impact Group, a division of Your Castle Real Estate. Yeah, it's messed up. <laughs> I don't even know what happens to a deer when you cut its antlers off. Do uh, they come back? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think so, because I'm pretty sure they shed their antlers every year, and when? then they regrow them within the year. I thought that was the male version of deer i don't think females have antlers so then maybe I think it's not all the antlers uh, i was taught this once by one of my sister-in-laws about the difference between elk and deer because oh man i think you maybe can have it's boy elk. and girl deer it might be elk I think that shed elk for sure shed uh, i don't know about deers then but yeah. it's still messed up oh, it's a i'm huffle. sure you cut them off he Before just has they his, shed, like, he's like, listening to a murder podcast, dragging a sleeping deer, it's, uh, sawing off their antlers. 
it's kind Gosh, of Barry. Kind of, I don't know. Like that's he's cheating nature's system. He needs to afford <laughs> his million plus house. Yeah, gotta do. And, and his wife refuses to work. She's <laughs> cheating on him. She's just out. Yeah, hanging out with the libbler. Yeah, gallivanting Jeez. around on her bike, meeting up with dudes. And he's just shooting he's deers just, with tranquilizer darts. Like I gotta do what I can, cause you know to make her See, happy. This is, she needs this, this big house. This is part of the story where I just go, "Are you serious? Like really? Like this is, <laughs> this is a true thing that happened." Yeah. Like this, this is what he did. It's ridiculous. I wonder if other people do that though. <laughs> I don't know. He probably got the idea from somebody else. Probably. Where did he get tra- tranquilizers? Apparently, he was. Very skilled in loading chemicals into tranquilizer darts and shooting tranquilizer guns. Oh, like, so he had his own. That like, was mix. his thing. Yeah. He's, so, a, he's an alchemist, too. I don't, <laughs> Is that Barry, what you call he's a jack of all trades. Someone that mixes. Former professional baseball player, landscaper extraordinaire. Is he still cheater, a landscaper? A, yeah. Here? Yeah. 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 Yep. When, he's such a good landscaper. He's going all the way to Broomfield. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. But when investigators find a needle sheath. Hey, you got to drink your beer. I know. In the Morphew dryer, and that needle sheath was just the size to fit a needle used to inject serum into a dart. Their idea as to what happened to Suzanne begins to take shape. Oh, man. Well, if he doesn't have anything to do with it, and I already know, I'm not going to give anything away. Um, then you can't even say he's that putting, you, he he's didn't putting, have anything to do with it. Yeah, no, no, no. If he doesn't, we don't know. if he doesn't at this point, he is just like racking up. Oh, the, he looks like the most I'm, guilty I'm person. Looking, and I'm then they're like, hey, where did list. this needle sheath come from? And he goes, I've never seen that in my entire life. <laughs> he doesn't want. I, have to, I don't know how it got just, there. He's worried. He's I am really skilled at shooting tranquilizer darts and I inject them with stuff to handle deer. But I don't know how that got in the dryer. It wasn't me. Nobody's believing you, Barry. Nobody. Uh, so he admits to the. Like he tells them he, he, says, he does this. I'm super good at shooting a tranquilizer dart. And why wouldn't he just say that's what he was using the needle for? I think they think that he washed clothes to get rid of evidence. And somehow that needle sheath from the day of the crime got stuck in the clothing. And that's why it was in the dryer when they searched the home. Hmm. Then when investigators checking into Barry's cell phone data from May 9th, so the last time they could be certain Suzanne was alive, it was revealed that Barry's cell phone pinged literally all over the Morphew property, indicating almost like a frantic situation. When asked about this, geez, Barry, <laughs> Barry tells investigators that those phone pings were a result of him running all over the property, shooting chipmunks. What if that's what he was doing, though? <laughs> like, that's legit. But also, they're why fast, are you so running around weird. everywhere? Barry, why do you have to be so freaking weird? Because his wife doesn't give him any attention. <laughs> so he's got to fill his time with all this he's extra like, no stuff. He's like, no deer. So I'm going to shoot these chipmunks. Jeez. Come on, Barry. When investigators combined the needle sheath 
the phone pings, Barry's hunting experience, and his own professed use of tranquilizer guns, and some suspicious scratches on his hands and forearms, which were documented early on after Suzanne was reported missing, the investigators created their own theory um, as to guess. what happened to Suzanne. Scratches are from bushes and stuff that he works on. He said he got properties. them searching for his wife. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Just a, their, their job scratches. See, and I feel like maybe, his, if maybe he told a true story, were, really it would was. have involved another weird animal encounter. <laughs> Like I sedate deer, I shoot chipmunks, and I wrestle bears. (laughs) That's what I do. I got in a fight with a raccoon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Crazy Barry. Now, before we discuss their theory of the crime, let's visit the last element of the MMO framework, which is opportunity. Whether or not the individual, I say the suspect, has the chance to commit the crime. Now, as mentioned earlier, both daughters were away on a road trip the weekend Suzanne went missing. And with Barry's pre-planned trip that Sunday, which would take him 150 miles away, the timing seemed to be pretty perfect if Barry wanted to cause harm to his wife. Barry told police that on the evening of the 9th, he and Susan ate a steak dinner together He reported they both turned off their phones and then went on a hike. Then they made love before going to sleep at around 8 p.m. However, investigators took data from Barry's truck's computer, and that data revealed that the truck was put in reverse and backed up toward the Morpheus home at 9.30 p.m. that evening, which Wait. to me sounds like malarkey, but I verified the source. It came from CBS News. Wait, what the fuck? Our cars can do that? <laughs> I, have, I know that when a car gets into a crash, you can look at like the data to see if the brakes were Holy shit. Pushed. That is, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, well, Barry's supposed to be asleep. Full of steak and love for his wife. And his, but somebody's, his car tattletailed on him. Yes. Oh, that's now, some bullshit. I, what, our cars are Jason's making mental notes. So when I kill my wife, don't, don't get in the vehicle. Use the car. <laughs> use your bike. <laughs> yeah. Now, to add to the suspicion that Barry might have done something to Suzanne that evening, when the home was searched... Only one dirty dinner plate and knife was found, which is curious because according to Barry, they both enjoyed a steak dinner that evening. It's because he's in denial that his marriage is over. <laughs> he's just presenting, picturing her, presenting the world with, with yeah. He's so sad, like you know, he's just oh, living this sad. sad, lonely life where. His beautiful wife doesn't want anything to do with him. She just wants to ride her bike and yeah. send selfies to yeah. Jeff Libler yeah. of Michigan. Do some sexting. She probably was upstairs sexting at the time. Well, any which way, then he probably shouldn't have said they both ate steak together. No, he's doing a lot of things I he shouldn't have. Foolish. Or, In addition. Or he did it. And um, We don't know. That's why I know. like this story because we don't actually know. 
So in addition to finding only one dinner plate and one dirty knife, investigators noticed there's this giant crack in the door jam of the couple's bedroom door. And they verified with the previous homeowners that it wasn't there prior to the Morphews moving in. And they see that and they jump to the conclusion that something physical transpired and the door jam was broke. That the l- door jam. That That's literally not, was evidence. It's not easy presented. to crack. It pretty much takes a kick. Kick to a closed door to crack that. Now, having confidently checked off means, motive, and opportunity, Barry was arrested on May 5th, 2021 for Chaffee County DA Linda Stanley. She told the public that although she wasn't going to reveal any of the evidence they had at the time, they could rest assured that there was enough evidence to arrest Barry. What? Yes. Now, here's... I mean, I know he's not making a pretty picture for himself, but you haven't really said much that I feel well, like here's is the th- mm-hmm. evidence that a DA would be like, yeah, yep. let's do it. Well, here's the theory of the crime. Let's lose in court. <laughs> so on the afternoon of the 9th, Barry returned. <laughs> so burpy. <laughs> Oh, this beer is out of control. So carbonated. They said it was carbonated. I'm glad I don't have to tell the story because I've been over here burping like crazy. It's ridiculous. So excuse me. That's why you haven't been really touching it. it, it, You drink a drink and then your stomach just like Yeah. We don't don't need you to get tired by the the end of this. So you got to keep drinking. All right. Let me try the IPA and let me hate life for the rest of this. It's not super hoppy. Okay, we're going to open the IPA, and then I'm going to tell you the DA's theory of the crime. So on the 9th, Barry allegedly, according to them, returns home (laughs) and uses a tranquilizer dart to immobilize his wife. They believed his phone pings the result of Barry chasing Suzanne around in order to either shoot her with the dart... Or then after, as he followed her as she stumbled around while the chemicals that were injected into her from the dart took effect. After his wife was sedated, investigators pointed to an unspent shell casing found in the master bedroom. Remind me what time was that pain going around their house? Just that day of the ninth. And it was, was it outside the house? It was like all over the property. And it was... Was that the same day? That was the day before the day he before. went to Broomfield. Okay. Oh, my gosh. And IPAs. Did, did it say what time? No. It was at night or during the day? I think it was just during the day. Just pinging all around. Those chipmunks. Those rascally chipmunks. He's just running around with a little BB gun. Just trying to enjoy his life yeah. while his wife is he, hanging out with kinda somebody. kind of pissed off at life, so he has to kill... Kill I don't even a know. bunch of like I, the cutest I creatures ever made. I think he's not even pissed off. I think he's so not aware of what's happening in his life. Right? Yeah. He's just, do, 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 I'm shooting chipmunks. That's how I picture him. Eh, she'll come back to me. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. But here's where it gets crazy. So they find an unspent shell casing in the master bedroom of a man who's an avid hunter and they're like that's proof he probably shot her that's evidence he probably shot her 
So then tranquilized her, then shot her. Then shot her. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. That's how they all then, of them do it. Then remnants of the crime were loaded into Barry's truck, right? That night at 930 when it's backed up to the house. And then he disposes of them as he's driving to Broomfield, visiting different large trash They beds. probably think he like chopped up the body too. Yeah. Um, and, I don't uh, think they like knew. Getting rid of an arm here, a leg. Yeah. Despite the fact that they probably could have searched those trash bins because they had footage of it, but they just happened. Yeah, the arrest. At least find one bag. They couldn't. (laughs) Nope, this is full of trash. (laughs) No body parts. He's just cheap. The arrest affidavit for Barry Morphew summed up the state's theory of the crime like this: "Quote." It had become clear that Barry could not control Suzanne's insistence on leaving him, and he resorted to something he had done his entire life, hunt and control Suzanne like he had hunted and controlled animals. Is that the detective voice? Um, Yeah. Whoever, DA, whoever. It just, it seems so dramatic. Well, arrest affidavit, that would have, that would be a... It would be from the prosecutor's office. Right, right. Uh, that's <laughs> kind of comical. That's <laughs> why I, I, that's why I felt like it needed a voice because it just seemed incredibly dramatic, ridiculous. Yeah. And that's what they typed in like a legal court document. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a, a legal court document. Yeah. That sounds like somebody's opinion. See? Another one. <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, seriously, is this actually happening? Are you yeah. kidding me? And it's true weird. life. How weird. Okay. On September 20th, 2021, Barry pleaded not guilty on all charges as both of his daughters supported him. They never once thought that their father could have been involved. They were his staunchest like supporters. Then after a year of preliminary hearings with the trial set to start on April 28th, 2022, D.A. Stanley filed the motion to dismiss all charges without prejudice on April 19th. After missing several discovery deadlines, discovery is when the prosecutors have to turn over whatever they have to the defense. In other words, not giving defense the defense information and evidence in a timely manner. The judge ruled to exclude several of the prosecution's key witnesses, and the DA and her team felt that a conviction was unlikely. Now, some might wonder, why would a DA jeopardize their case by withholding evidence from the defense? Because the and DA I guess, is like, shit, we don't have anything here. We would have to know exactly what evidence that they had that they didn't want the defense to be privy to. Way back in October of 2020, DNA, which had been collected from inside Suzanne's Range Rover, specifically it came from the glove box, was tested, and it revealed to be a partial match to an unnamed man That was connected through other DNA samples to unsolved sexual assault cases in places like Tempe, Phoenix, and Chicago. 
Oh, wow. Now, not only was this DNA found on the glove box, which could be just touch DNA, right? It was also found on a rear cushion in the vehicle and on the handlebars of Suzanne's bike. No way. Like now, that person took yes. the bike and threw it over or down the That hill. seems like a plausible explanation to me. This DNA had been collected by CBI agent Joseph Cahill, and he asked a detective in Chicago to follow up on the instance of DNA being collected on a sex assault case out of Chicago. Yet, CBI agent Cahill never even checked back in with the detective out of Chicago to see if any information had been collected. What? So, after knowing this, as of October 2020, the DA and her team still pursued charges against Barry Morphew. How do you even... How? This is what I don't get about some of these documentaries we watch and different cases where DAs get so transfixed on one person that they try and fit a square peg through a round hole. Like they, they just have to do it because they don't want to be wrong. And I don't know that like when it, it, it's so ass backwards well, of what our, our justice system's made to be it's so that you can't force in uh, yeah. innocent people. No, I'm much jail. more um, a, I support law enforcement. I support the state than you are. But in this case, I'm just like, seriously, seriously, like there is this human being who's sexually assaulting other women in other parts of the world, the, the country <laughs> could be the world. We don't know. You never know. They've got the DNA from a guy that has been, um, a part of multiple missing persons, sexual like, assaults, sexual assaults. They're not missing people. Okay. He's just out there sexually assaulting people. Well, <laughs> I'm Same. assuming ladies. You don't know anymore. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, they don't know yeah, who he is. Sexual assault. He's leaving part of, his DNA. And behind. they don't know who he is. That's that's crazy. So the DA is so transfixed on Barry that they ignore all of this. And they play games. They do not pass on to Barry's defense attorneys that this DNA exists. Oh, man. Which is why the judge, like, had to reprimand them, and the judge ruled that certain, like, witnesses wouldn't be allowed to testify as, like, punitive punishment. Like, nope, you're messing around. And that's why they dismissed the case. And Barry's defense attorneys are like, obviously... This DNA wouldn't be here for any other reason except Suzanne encountered this monster on Mother's Day 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It, that is, this is one of the, the weirdest um, uh, target that I've heard of a DA doing. And like the, the evidence that they ignored and, just the fact that they tried, yeah, and like, and, oh, there's a shell casing in a hunter's home. Fabricated, it probably means ex- she got shot. Exactly, yeah. The, uh, the um, fabrication no. through the whole thing. I is grew crazy. up in a house where they were just like 
bullets scattered right? everywhere. If you know any hunters, like you, you see bullet shells, uh, empty casings in their garages and just oh random my gosh, places. This um, door jam has a crack. Oh come on! That means they got into a fight. Oh, that must be it. And the whole, I don't know if anybody else listening to Katie um, had the same sort of just weird movie running through their head of him chasing her around the property like <laughs> trying like to a shoot scene her with a of... tranquilizer gun first yes because he has to sedate her with a yes and in my mind it's like a blow dart tranquilizer and <laughs> so he's chasing her with his blow dart tranquilizer to his lips and she's like dodging and his phone is pinging it's probably in his native american costume probably um, and he gets her and then she just staggers around for the next 20 minutes and he just follows her, <laughs> waiting for her to finally succumb. Just chuckling to himself. I've got Poking her Poking fun of her as she goes, you pathetic bitch. If Jeff Libler could see you <laughs> like this, it's just the most ridiculous. Or, or I see it as like a scene out of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, like uh, the, the girl at the end of the original. The, just the hiding in one. the dumbest places. Uh, and well, at the end, she's like in it's oh. daylight and she's running down the highway and the guy with the chainsaws uh, chasing her. Like, that's kind of what I'm imagining they're imagining is happening at the at the home. Like he's he's raging to kill. She's screaming bloody murder, running from him. And I I love that they and thought that was it. Blow darts a tranquilizer <laughs> more than neck. him just shooting chipmunks. <laughs> Like, like homeboy sedates sense. deer to cut their antlers off. Yes, he absolutely is just shooting chipmunks for the sake of shooting chipmunks. Absolutely. It's like pent up sexual tension. He's like, oh. okay, honey, I'm going to go shoot some chipmunks. Which he clearly has a lot of it. You know, he's out down there eating dinner by himself. He's Pretending his wife is sitting across from he's him. He's probably so used to covering the bad marriage that what he told the police about both of them eating um well and i'm gonna go back to this but if it was just him eating he probably told them because that's what he just he's so used to covering like oh yeah everything's great also somebody can clean their fucking plate and put it away and can one they person, are you sure one, see <laughs> so my plate 100 percent. the wife cleaned her plate she plate stuck it in the dishwasher and the husband set his the on sink. the counter yeah and it's it would have All taken bullshit. them 30 seconds just to think through that. Like, nope, she wasn't cleaning up after him because she doesn't love him anymore. And he just set it on the counter thinking, I will clean it after I shoot some chipmunks. Tomorrow. Yeah. I, I bet the statistics pretty high on, you know, pinning it on the husband and they end up not doing it um, or it's in a proven that they didn't do it. And, um, you know, or... Or they end up going to jail and somebody reads about the case later and this guy this should so not be ridiculous. in jail. Um, I, I I bet it happens more than other murders or missing person cases. Well, to here's husbands. what's crazy is the charges were dismissed without prejudice, which actually means he can be charged again. Mm. So Barry goes home, right? Not to that same house because they sold it. But I'm sure this fear that he could be charged again just hangs over his head. 
Now, when he and both daughters heard the news that Suzanne's body had been found, the faith that they held on to that Susan would be found safe one day shattered. And grief, according to them, just flooded in. Now, Barry has filed a $15 million lawsuit against the Chaffee County Prosecutor's Office for violating his constitutional rights. But this lawsuit could actually complicate where Suzanne's case goes next. It seems likely that there absolutely is a conflict of interest now because the people who Barry is suing could potentially be responsible for processing any evidence coming from Suzanne's remains and deciding how to proceed from the case. Who wants to find evidence more proving that Barry was involved than the people who might have to pay him $15 million? So they're saying that now everything's just sort of complicated. So I, I get what you're saying. It's that it making a murderer. Yeah. He... Now they really want to get him back. Yeah, that's exactly what making a murderer is about, right? That's right. Okay. Oh, my gosh. If they can prove that he was responsible, he had something to do with her death, then he has no right to sue them because they didn't falsely accuse him. Right. Because he is guilty. I've thought of making a murderer um, quite a few times through your story. But I didn't make that connection there. Um, so now they have to like figure geez. figure it out. So now he's public enemy number one to the police, mm-hmm. and and they have a new source to discover evidence. I know it's not going to make him look good at all, but I feel like because of that uh, new enemy of his, he needs to get out of Dodge and go to a country a non extraditional. Is I that don't. The right word? Uh, the not uh, extradite where they can't extradite. Extradition. Non extraditional. Mm-hmm. No. Extradition. Mm-hmm. Non extradition mm-hmm. country. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Unless he hired this guy who's out there sexually assaulting women to hurt his wife, that the evidence of the DNA of some other dude who's responsible for sexually assaulting women is. Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, reasonable reasonable doubt. doubt yeah no yeah no matter what definitely and and he truly outside of like some bonehead things he says or does oh um, barry oh barry <laughs> uh he really it, there's nothing else there like to no. even suggest he wants to kill his wife no he's a face a faithful husband. Yeah, it seems who, like he, according to him, had no idea his wife was cheating on him. And and who's so heartsick, well, he, he thinks he's eating steak idea, with his wife. But he probably was like, you know what, we're gonna get through this. It's all right. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, she's going through something. We'll, we'll, mm-hmm. she'll get out of it. And I don't know. He fills his time with <laughs> goofy things, and <laughs> he's uh. Uh, he just I'm telling she you, tried he to catch him one cheating heck of she a tried reality. to catch him cheating yes, she bought there a was spy nothing. pen nothing. She, she caught herself cheating ridiculous um, he's the just, dude had no like I know. no suggestion of wanting to do this yep well only time will tell what clues her remains may provide and whether or not Suzanne Morphew will ever get justice 
If it turns out that the man whose DNA was found in Suzanne's car, the one tied to sexually assaulting women in Arizona and Illinois, is the same person responsible for Suzanne's death, then what boggles my mind in the end is exactly how many sources of danger seem to be lurking in the life of Suzanne Morphew, an average woman, an average wife, an average mom just living her average life. While she was busy managing the fear, she felt worrying about what her husband might do to her now that she seemed certain that their marriage was over. She probably never would have been looking for any threats coming from somewhere other than outside her own home. She likely then never saw a menacing stranger waiting in the woods ready to attack when she least expected it. You know, like on a bike ride on a beautiful Sunday morning through the Colorado mountains, simply trying to enjoy her mother's day. So that would be the dumbest day to kill your wife. (laughs) (laughs) The mother of your children. (laughs) Also, what the heck is this, this predator doing in Colorado? Like what brought him to Salida? Well, that's what I was going to say that For like um, a dang second. This dude's out. Arizona, Illinois. What are you doing in Salida? Um, sexual predator he's probably murdered before um, and you're he's obviously there. just in the like nobody Salida, knows it's he's less never than been six thousand people ever, like population in Salida DNA? and this stranger six thousand is that what you said in Salida in yeah. 2020 this stranger happens to come along well, wouldn't that be the type of town you'd hide in if you're um a sexual uh, predator looking yeah. for a new victim? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or, and a murderer. Um, well, he is a murderer. He is now. We're going to see what the remains say. I'm guessing for she him. She fought back. She was tough. I don't know. For him to, for the, the murderer to get away with it, it seems, I don't, it's not like he did a great job getting away with it. He just left you know he's not I also how but is he getting away with all this stuff i don't yeah like dna being left on multiple and none of these women are like nah, i think i know this guy yeah that's what my mind is just it's a spinning wheel with that right now yeah like how this guy is just out there doing all these bad things and nobody has his Nobody has the DNA matched to an actual person. See, you if it's not mountain lions, it's sexual predators. What the heck? Also, I don't actually believe she actually thought she was in danger by her husband. Do you know I got Gone Girl vibes from all of the texts I think, that she yes, sent? She's creating and I a situation. I almost think I she's thought that to... when this was unfolding. Yeah. I was like, she totally Gone Girl did. Um, she totally I Gone Girl. I saw pen. it was either her daughter or a friend or somebody was hoping she was still alive because they, and they mentioned like in her own way, like she might be the type of person to just disappear. I I don't know just, that, like, but leave the, the fact life. that both I, daughters stood for their dad tells me that there was not anything in his actions that would have made her actually afraid for yeah. her life. I'll I'm find sorry. it and I'll I don't want to talk you. bad about Suzanne Marfew. You know what? Homegirl, sorry you died. She totally kind of looks like However, a type However, you freaking were cheating on your husband 
projecting on him that he was having an affair. He's providing you a really lovely life. And you're pulling that crap? Like, and I don't know. I'm not living her life. So maybe he was scary. But I would think that both daughters would be like, well, my dad was a scary dude. One would be like, my dad's a scary dude. And neither one were. They were like, from the moment, he there he wasn't involved. I That video... Um, of the body cam I think showed a man that cared for his wife a ton even though she just told him to kick rocks um, I don't think he ever wanted anything like this to happen to her um, the county has, the city has messed up his life and he's worse off for it and um, I think she, you know, I, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but um, bitches be crazy. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember like hearing news of him throwing stuff away in garbage at like the trash cans or whatever. And I was like, oh, he had to have done the that. The news made him seem guilty. Oh, I do remember thinking that. Was, that they presented was this guy this is dude. super guilty. Yeah. And. And he is a bigger, like, uh, stronger-looking guy. And, um, you know, people people want to bring down successful men. And um, I think this was a, yeah. an easy target for them because he's a little goofy, too. Oh, <laughs> he's super goofy. <laughs> I also want to know, like, homeboys outside shooting chipmunks and a predator is like, I'm going to watch that house. Let's see what comes out. See, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weird shit I'd be doing on a, a piece of land like that, though. Up in the mountains, uh, big-ass house, lots of land, all the wild life on your land. Uh, there's a lot of things I, I would definitely pass my time with. And chasing around little cute chipmunks might be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barry. Uh, Don't sedate deer, though. <laughs> Yeah, that's a weird one. That's I a bad look. I bet you his neighbor gave him that tip. Like, dude, these <laughs> you antlers, make a pretty penny. These antlers, <laughs> you know, and you don't. And he's have just to, from Indiana. You, what deer? You don't have to kill deers for him. Like, you don't need to that's get fine. like tags to fill no, or anything. And they're on your property, they're so on your go property. ahead and shoot them. <laughs> you're not killing them, so you're not breaking the law. That's I bet you there, there's got to be a law with. Uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll keep you updated. I'm sure things will have to unfold. I don't know how much evidence can come from remains three years later after basically decomposing in a grave. This might be one of those cold cases that you hear about 40 years later. So in 40 years, if we're still doing this podcast. All I want to know is. We'll let you know. Somebody has to know this guy. Raping women and. Leaving DNA. I don't think so. I mean, people know him. I don't think people know who he actually is. I think this guy probably has multiple. This is um, where we need like ancestry DNA. Like they need to go and see if anybody can be connected. Yeah. But, oh. Let's just violate. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe that would happen. Maybe that's how he gets caught. The right to privacy. Because I bet you nobody even knows his real 
name. I I think this guy lives a lot of different aliases and um, traveling around, different traveling places. around different places, always on the go. Like people are like, what happened to that guy Johnny? I don't know. Did you know him well? No, I didn't. And he's on there next. Yeah. Okay, so if your name is Johnny and you're out there sexually assaulting women, <laughs> just turn yourself in. Just do it for the Barry rest of and us. his daughter deserve his answers. Society is well, better off without, without you. Like you. So anyway, right, well, that's the end of this one. Yeah, too a, many Colorado cases. We'll go outside of Colorado next week. Yeah, but those mountains provide a lot of. A lot of stuff for us, so I'm sure there's a never-ending amount of it. Um, I know you've got a couple stories that you've been thinking about, um, and one of our listeners has given us a couple suggestions in the great state of Montana. Um, I think we should visit that as well. Um, All right. All right, well, until you hear our voices again, don't go into the woods ever. It just seems like a bad life choice. <laughs> All right. Or if you do, take a beverage with you. And uh, pair it with a good podcast. Yeah, the perfectly paired with the podcast. Cheers. Chink, chink.